Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. what's on your mind and we're going to continue with that series today so i want you to grab your bibles and go to first kings chapter 19 grab your bibles and go to first kings chapter 19 we're going to continue with the mental health at calvary it's absolutely important we think and know that god cares and wants to heal our mind our soul our will our emotions and so today if you're not feeling good in your mental life soul life you're in the right place at the right time amen first kings chapter 19 as you're going there why don't you look at somebody and tell them you look great today come on smile at the person next to you look at the person to your right or to your left and tell them i'm so glad you're sitting next to me today If you don't like who you're sitting next to, we'll pray in a moment and you can switch chairs. If you're at home watching, I hope you like who's sitting next to you at home. 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. I love this story. It's possibly one of my favorite stories in scripture. And I'm sure a lot of us have probably heard about it, uh, heard something about it. 1 Kings chapter 19. I want you to mark it down, highlight it, what we're going to read. We're going to read the first four verses of chapter 19. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. By the way, if you need a Bible, pass by our Connect 10 afterwards and we'll give you a free Bible today. We want to make sure everybody owns a Bible. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to read the first four verses. If you're there, can you say amen? Let's hear the word of the Lord. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had killed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then He was afraid. Somebody say afraid. And he arose and he ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there. Verse 4, the last verse we're going to read today. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and he sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying it is enough now O lord take away my life for i am no better than my father's elijah the great prophet of god elijah the one who's seen god do so many miracles is asking god to take his life in our mental health series what's on your mind today we're going to continue the conversation this month on our mental health our soul health and i want to talk to you from this topic i'm leaving this cave i'm leaving this cave if you're taking notes write that down in fact why don't you tell two three people around you i'm leaving this cave i'm leaving this cave come on say it as a declaration and believe it no matter where you're at today i'm believing that god today is bringing healing to our soul 
And whether you're here physically or online, there's healing in the house of God. Come on, there's healing where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And I believe he wants to bring healing to our soul, to our mind, to our emotions. I'm leaving this cave. Come on, let's pray. We're going to talk about this for a few moments. Then we're going to go and celebrate and honor moms in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love. Thank you for loving people like us. Thank you, God, for all that you've done for us. Thank you for this incredible family, this community. God, across every service and across every location that's watching, home, offices, wherever people are around the world that are connected. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. You're awesome. You are good. And you are kind. We pray that today you will honor moms, refresh moms, God. Thank you for giving us mothers, God, that they're incredible. Honor them today, God, and we pray that you pour out a special blessing over their life. Thank you for this time together. Speak to us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Years and years ago, my dad got my mom a gift and it was not the best gift in the world my dad called my mom and I remember she had already picked us up from school and she said um your dad said that he left something for us on the kitchen counter and uh, my sister's here she'll testify this is a true story uh when we got home uh we walked in and there was this massive cooler on the kitchen counter and we're wondering what my dad left in the cooler. As we got closer to the cooler, the cooler started to move. True story. It started to move and it started to make some kind of weird noises. And we're like, my, my father left a live gift. It was a live gift. And uh, my mom decides that day to go and open the cooler. As she gets to this massive cooler on the kitchen counter, she opens the top only to find a massive giant gecko lizard jump at her. Can you imagine the scream that my mom let out that day? My mom yelled where I think every neighbor in our neighborhood across Hialeah heard it. My mom shot, yeah! The whole lagarto, that's what she said. Could have sworn, sworn it was Godzilla. My dad was working out on the field, and as he was on the field, he found this massive gecko. And for some reason, he decided to bait and trap the gecko and bring it home. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> right, like, my dad set up a cooler, and he set up a trap, and he started to bait the gecko into the trap. He left some fruits, he left some food, and the gecko slowly started entering into the cooler until it was trapped and in our kitchen counter. It was awesome. I started thinking about that because I started thinking, how many times have we been baited? How many times have we been lured and ended up in a trap of our mind? Today, maybe we're sitting in here, but so many of us are watching online have been baited and lured by the enemy into a place that now you can't get out of. We've been trapped. Ever felt like you've been in a trap? Ever felt like you've been in a place that you can't get out? The enemy has began to lure you. The enemy has began to bait you. 
Got you thinking you're not good enough. Got you thinking you can't make it. Got you thinking life will never be the same. Got you thinking your marriage will never work out. Got you thinking that your kids are never going to be all right. Got you thinking that you're never coming back to health again. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a trap. Somebody say a trap. And here's the problem, the challenge, the dilemma that we have is that we allow temporary problems in life to permanently trap us. Life is full of trouble. Life is full of challenges. Life is full of circumstances that at times they are going to be tough. Can I get an amen? Amen. All you got to do is live a little bit longer and you'll see that life is difficult. Life is hard. Not everything works out the way we want it to work out. Sometimes we do make mistakes. Sometimes people do offend us. Sometimes people do do us wrong. Life is challenging. What do we do with the problems in life? What do we do when life doesn't work out the way that we wanted it to work out? We had a plan. We had everything on schedule. We had a calendar. And all of a sudden, everything has gone wild. Life is difficult. Kids lose their minds. Marriages fall apart. Our bodies get sick. And if we're not careful, we allow something that is temporary to permanently trap us. We allow short pain to turn into a long prison. Today, many of us are sitting in a prison cell. We've been baited and lured and sitting in a dark cave trap. We've allowed something that was supposed to last a season to now become a long sentence in our life. Are you trapped today? Are you in a cave today? Have you been lured and baited into a trap? thinking that nothing will ever be the same again. The one who lures us and the one who baits us to believe these things is called Satan. It's an enemy. How many know we have a real enemy and his name is Satan? He's absolutely right. In fact, the Bible calls him in the book of Revelation, the accuser of the brethren. He loves to accuse us of all we've done wrong. In theology, there's a term for the devil, and that's the enemy of the soul. Somebody say the enemy of the soul. He's no, he hates our soul. He hates my soul, and he hates your soul. In fact, look at the way the psalmist describes the enemy in Psalm chapter 143. Look at how he writes about the enemy. He says, for the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. Have you ever felt like the psalmist? I just feel like the enemy, he's pursuing my soul. I got all these thoughts that constantly come up to my mind. I got all these mistakes that keep repeating over and over in the pictures of my soul. Every mistake, every offense, every wrong thing I've done, every wrong place I've been, everything that I'm not, everything that I'm lacking, it's the enemy pursuing my soul. And I'm sitting in darkness like those that are dead. We have an enemy of the soul. And so we, we go about our life, we get up in the morning and, and we get ready, we take a shower, we get the kids ready, we're going to work, and as we're, going, as we're getting prepared, the enemy uses everything in our life to begin to pursue the soul. All of a sudden you get a phone call you weren't expecting. 
the palmetto that's been under construction for 45 years. Somebody cuts you off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That mistake that you made comes back in one way or another. You get a text, a reminder, an email, a picture. It's the enemy pursuing the soul. And he's baiting us and luring us so that we end up in a trap. So that we end up locked up. That's why, that's why Peter warns you and I. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 to be careful, to be alert. He says, be sober-minded. Don't let your mind wander around with nonsense. Be watchful. Be alert. Somebody say alert. Your adversary, the devil, the accuser, the enemy of the soul, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He wakes up with one job in his mind, and that's to destroy my soul and to destroy your soul. And so today, if you're here and your soul feels crushed, if you're here and you feel like you're living in darkness, if you're here and you feel the heaviness of life and it's pursuing your soul and you can't seem to get out of that trap, it's the enemy. And it's the enemy that wants to lie to you and me for you and I to stay stuck there forever. And it, it makes us think that there's no way out. It makes us think that nobody will ever understand us. I'm never going to get light again. I'm never going to get health again. I'm never getting to that place again. My marriage will never be fixed. My kids will never be saved. I'll never have the amount of money I thought I would need. I'm never getting to that place again. But I want to tell you today, you were not designed to live in a trap. You were not designed to live in a cave. You are a child of God those of us who've called on the name of Jesus oh come on the Bible says we have stepped from darkness into light the cave is not your home you got to make a decision I'm leaving this cave today I'm leaving this cave somebody say I'm leaving this cave you got to make a decision to say, I'm getting out of this cave. I know we've been in a global pandemic, but I really think we're living in a mental health pandemic. In fact, when we talk about the soul we're actually talking about the mind. In ancient times, in biblical times, the soul stood for the mind. In fact, the soul was known as the seat of the soul, which stood for your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when we say that the enemy of the soul, it's really the enemy of our mind, will, and emotions. He's after your will. He's after your emotions. He's after your mind. The enemy of your will, emotions, and mind. You ever felt like you don't, you don't have enough will not even to get up out of bed? Yep. Today, so many people are saying, I'm in darkness. I don't even have strength to get out of bed. I don't even have strength to get my life together. That's the soul. Your emotions ever been all over the place? That's why we say we don't live by our emotions. One day you're going to get up, you're going to feel amazing. Another day you're going to get up, you can't even stand yourself. You ever felt that way? Yeah. You look in the mirror and you're like, I can't stand you. Like, I just can't. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You ever felt that way? If you live by emotions, you're going to be a roller coaster always. And he's after your emotions. And he's after your mind. And he brings all kinds of thoughts into our mind. He's the enemy of the soul. We're in a global mental health pandemic. Statistics say, I shared some last week and read some more this week, that they say the mental health hotline went up 900% in the last eight months. 900%. Divorce is up 20% in the last six, seven months. Antidepressant medication went up 300% in the last few months. We're living in a mental health pandemic. When we say mental health, we're also now talking about soul health. How's your soul? 
We said some of it can be biological. The body begins to decay and something can go wrong and we're all for therapists and medication and you should. Other times, what are we doing to get our soul in trouble? Where have we been baited? Where have we been lured? There's something going on and I think the church needs to speak about it. Because we have the answer. We have the light of the world. His name is Jesus. And God cares for our mind. And God doesn't want you in darkness forever. In fact, if you're in the cave today, I'm telling you today, you're coming out of that cave in the name of Jesus. There is hope for you. There is life for you. Come on, somebody shout. I'm leaving this cave. You weren't designed to live there. You weren't designed to be there forever. I may be there for a day. I may be there for a season. But it's not becoming a sentence in my life. I'm coming out of that cave today. Can I get an amen? Come on, that's who God is. He brings us out in Jesus' name. So I want to tell you today, don't bow to fear so that you can live in freedom. Today, maybe you've allowed the fear of life, the fear of what's happened in the last few months in our life to leave us in a trap, in a cave. We've been lured. We've been baited in this place. Today, you don't have to bow down to that. You were made to live in freedom. The Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Can I get an amen to that? Come on. Some of you got to say that like you believe it. I got freedom in my life. Doesn't matter where I've been baited. Doesn't matter where I've been lured. I may be there for a day. I may be there for two, three days. I may be there for a season, but eventually I'm leaving this cave in Jesus name. Elijah, the great man of God finds himself in a cave. Elijah possibly is one of the greatest, if not the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Like, Elijah was bad. Anybody know the stories of Elijah? Elijah saw some miracles. Like, go back and read some of Elijah's stories. Like, if I would have seen what Elijah saw, like, I feel like I never would have had a bad day in my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever read stories and you're like, how could he doubt God? Look what God did in his life. Elijah, like, Elijah one time prayed for the rain to stop, and it stopped for three years. Imagine you and I praying that. Especially like this weekend weather, like God, no more rain. Like that they went up to you and they're like, hey, can you pray for rain to stop? And you're like, yeah, God, please, like shut the skies up right now. No more rain. In a moment. It's like, well, that's a bad man. That's Elijah. Elijah one time went up to a dead body and prayed that they would resurrect and they came back to life. Imagine seeing that. That's powerful. That's that's Elijah. The prophet, like, everybody knew Elijah. Like, I think he walked around a little bit different. Like, he walked around with some swag. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's Elijah. Like, Elijah prayed for the oil to multiply, and the widow had oil whenever she wanted. That's Elijah just prayed for fire to fall from the sky, and literal fire came down from the sky and engulfed the sacrifice that was in front of him. He just had a standoff against false prophets a total 850 of them they were praying to their god for fire to fall and nothing fell elijah prays the man of god elijah prays and fire falls from the sky if i saw fire fall when i prayed you can't tell me nothing you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't care. But, but yet we get to 1 Kings chapter 19. And now Elijah has put to death 850 false prophets with the sword. King Ahab goes back and tells Queen Jezebel all that happened. 
And Jezebel is furious. You killed all of my prophets. Tell Elijah, may the gods do to me what I want to do to him if by this time tomorrow he's not dead. And Elijah, Elijah, (laughs) the Bible says, hears this and he was afraid. Elijah, how are you afraid? Like, again, I was reading this earlier this week, and I'm like, I've heard this. I grew up in church. I've heard this story a million times, right? Like, even, like, Veggie Tale days, all that. Like, I've heard this story over and over, but it hit me different this week. Like, Elijah, he was afraid. The man of God that saw somebody come back to life, the man of God who prayed for a drought to happen and it happened, the man of God who 24 hours prior prayed for rain to fall, for fire to fall, and fire fell on the sacrifice. Now you are afraid? Elijah, what's wrong with you? I don't know about you, but the story of Elijah encourages me because if he can get afraid after seeing all of that, I'm going to be okay. And it lets me know that Elijah was a man just like all of us. And sometimes we're going to have some good days, and sometimes we're going to have some bad days. And some days we're going to be full of faith, and other days we're going to be full of fear. And so today, maybe you can't even believe yourself because just a week ago, you were full of faith. You were in here and you were shouting and hollering and you were screaming and praising God and you walked in today or you're watching online and today you're afraid. What happened? I was just full of faith yesterday. What happened? I was just calling on God yesterday and now today I'm full of fear. And the Bible says Elijah ran for his life. He sits under a broom tree and he says, I'm, I'm no good. I'm no better than my father's. What does that even mean? Nobody knows. What do your fathers have to do with this? He just threw that in there out of nowhere. <laughs> the Bible says that God ministers to him. You got to read the rest of 19. God ministers to him there. He stands up and he keeps running and he goes into the wilderness until he ends up in a cave. Somebody say a cave. He ends up trapped. Because he got a threat from Jezebel, he ended up in a cave. By the way, it was a threat. It wasn't even real yet. It wasn't like Jezebel was in front of him with a sword and an army of 800 soldiers ready to kill him. It was just a threat that he heard, which is what worry is. Worry is putting a down payment on something that may never even happen. And a lot of us are worried about something that may happen tomorrow. And you don't even know because tomorrow is not even here yet. All we have is today. And all I know that today God is for me. All I know that today God is able. All I know that today I serve a powerful God. And so Jezebel may send threats, but I have a God who is able. Can I get an amen? And he ends up in a cave over a threat. Elijah, the great Elijah. Three reasons why we end up in a cave. Maybe some of us are in a cave today and and we can learn from Elijah's life. Why am I in a cave? Three reasons why we end up in a cave. Number one, fear. Somebody say fear. Fear. A lot of us become afraid. Elijah is afraid of Jezebel. And so he runs for his life and ends up in a cave, depressed, wanting his life to end. Because he's full of fear. Today, have, has fear left you in a trap? Have you taken the bait of fear? How many people today are still in a cave of fear? I know this past year has been difficult, but I know people today that have not left their house in a year and three months. 
I spoke to somebody who is so afraid they can't come out. And I think we need to be responsible and I need to take, I think we do need to take some measures. But here, don't bow down to fear either. Don't bow down to fear either. There are people who are literally afraid today. You know one of the worst things that can give you fear? The news. Me and Anna made a decision at the beginning of the pandemic. We're to hear what's necessary and then we're going to turn it off. Because it will fool you, it will fill you with negativity and fear. And so you watch the news and you watch numbers and you watch all of this. You're not going to want to leave your house ever again. Right? And so how many people are living in fear today? Fear that tomorrow may not come. Fear that tomorrow God may not come and, and, and provide for me, may not heal me, may not fix my marriage. So many people are living in fear. What happens if I go out and die? So many people are afraid of death. But Paul says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Right? So what, what a, a fear will keep you in a cave. Many of us today, we're living in fear. Number two, isolation. The second reason why we end up in a cave, isolation. The Bible says that Elijah left his servant. He's like, you wait for me right here. And he went off in the wilderness by himself. Isolated, you're going to be in problems. Living by yourself, you're going to be in some trouble. And I think that we should be socially distant somewhat, but I, I, I heard a pastor this past week who said maybe they should have called it physically distant, not socially distant, because then people became distant in every single area of their life. Well, I can't be with you together physically too close, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you out of my life. And, and we got people out of every area of our life. Now people are in no area of our life. Right? And we're isolated. We left group. We're no longer in connect group. We stopped zooming in. We stopped doing stuff. And so nobody knows. We spoke about this last week a little bit. If nobody knows your secrets, you're in trouble. If you're the only one who knows your secrets, you're in trouble. Not everybody needs to know, but somebody needs to know. And it's good to have people in our life. Can I get an amen? And so many of us are in a trap today or in a cave today because of isolation. You're living by yourself. Number one, fear. Number two, isolation. And number three, comparison. Comparison. Comparison leaves us in a cave. Elijah gets under the broom tree and he's like, I'm not even like my father's. He gets into a cave and he starts complaining. He says, God, I'm the only one left. Nobody else is worshiping you. Nobody else is serving you. Like, take my life now. I'm the only one left. He started comparing his life with everybody else's. You ever done that? Only like three or four of us. Right, like you, you ever get on social media and you're like, I, I don't got a life like this. You ever look across and you're like, well, their, their marriage isn't messed up. Look at mine. Their husband is always building a shed and building a garage. And <laughs> Comparison. It'll weigh heavy on your soul after a while. Right? And the problem is that we compare our lowlights to everybody else's highlights. Right? Like you look at their kitchen remodel and you're like, look at this. Why can't we be like them? Right? Babe, you haven't cleaned the kitchen in three months. Look at this kitchen. It's a mess. Nobody's going to get up and put messy kitchen, awesome Monday. Like nobody's going to put that. Right? Don't compare your life to somebody else. You don't know what somebody else is going through and you're comparing your life. Comparison will leave you in a trap. Elijah is afraid. Elijah is by himself. And Elijah is comparing his life to everybody else's. I'm the only one going through this. Nobody else is sick. Nobody else's marriage is in trouble. Nobody else is going through what we're going through. Nobody else is missing money. Nobody else is overdrafted. Nobody else, nobody knows the trouble I feel. <laughs> Comparison.
comparison, fear, isolation. It will leave you in a trap. Today, how's your soul? When we talk about mental health, come on, let's also talk about soul health. In ancient times, biblical times, same thing. Soul health, mental health. How's your will? How's your emotions? How's your mind? Today, maybe you're like, I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm sad. I'm lonely. I don't know. I feel down. I, I want to be excited about life. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy life. But, but something's happening. My emotions are all over the place. Augustine, one of the old fathers of our faith, he said this. He said, emotions are like smoke from a fire. They let us know that something's not right. The other day, me and Anna got on the turnpike and we were driving down south. And I don't know if any of you saw it, but there was a bunch of smoke coming out of Homestead. Went to find out there was about 2,000 acres or something like that on fire down in Homestead. We just saw the smoke. Augustine said, if your emotions are all over the place, it's because something's not right on the inside. Today, are you feeling discouraged? Today, are you feeling down? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling sad? What are your emotions telling you? And here's the problem. We address the, the emotions like if they're the root of the problem. Augustine said that's like blowing the smoke away but never turning off the fire. The emotions are just telling you something's not right. So what do we do? We feel sad. So we go and we start drinking. And maybe if I drink enough alcohol, I'll get happy at the end of the day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I feel lonely, so what do I do? Maybe if I go and I just sleep with somebody, that'll take away the emotion of loneliness in my life. Hello? It's really quiet right now. <laughs> what? Ah, I start comparing. I feel like I got no joy. And so you go out and you, you don't care. You'll, you'll, you'll put everything on a credit card just to compare your life to somebody else's. I got the car too. And all you're doing is treating the symptoms but never the root of the problem. How's the soul? Elijah, God literally shows up in the cave and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I just, I just threw down fire for you. And now you're in a cave? Elijah, he literally tells him, what are you doing here? And I just feel as we talk about mental health, soul health, God is telling some of us, what are you doing here? This is not where you were designed to be. What are you doing here? I got much more for you. What are you doing here? Come on, your future is better than your past in Jesus' name. What are you doing here? Come on, we serve the God of hope in Jesus' name. He's put a living hope on the inside of us. What are you doing here? Discouraged. What are you doing here? Feeling lonely. What are you doing here? Feeling like you got no hope. Come on, what are you doing here? Feeling like there is nothing for you. Today, I'm leaving this cave. Can I get an amen? Somebody say, I'm leaving this cave. I'm leaving this cave. And he reminds Elijah about a few things. I want you to go back and read chapter 19, but out of what God and Elijah have a conversation about, I think we can pick up some pointers to help us today. Today, if you're feeling like you're trapped, you're feeling like you're in a cave, what do we do? Last week, we gave some first steps. Today, I'm going to continue that. And I think we all start taking these steps, we can get better. And again, this isn't the end all, but let's start at least taking some steps in the right direction. Can I get an amen? amen? Number one, remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. There's promises and threats for Elijah, and, and he's forgotten the promises. 
Have you ever forgotten something? It's frustrating to forget something. The other day, this past week, I'm texting Pastor JP. You guys know Pastor JP. I love him. We're texting back and forth. And um, he's watching online, by the way. So I love you, Pastor JP. You're absolutely a legend. And we're writing about some things about church and all that. And, and I have to ask him a couple questions. And I say, hey, I got two questions really quick. I said, number one, I asked him the question. I said, and number two, number two. I forgot the question. I forgot the question. Has that ever happened to you? You, you, ever, you ever call somebody to ask them something, and as soon as they pick up, you forget? Right? I got one question for you today. What are you forgetting? It's frustrating to forget. What are you forgetting today? Maybe you feel like you're in a trap. Maybe you feel like you're in a cave. What are you forgetting? Elijah's in a cave. Elijah's in a cave, in a dark cave. Like, I'm just going to sit down. I know the camera people are going to hate me right now. Elijah's in a cave and he's sitting there like afraid for his life. He's in a cave and he's forgetting that 24 hours ago, fire fell from the sky. And he's just like, Jezebel, Jezebel's going to show up. Jezebel's going to kill me, man. Jezebel, Jezebel's evil. Jezebel's evil. Jezebel, oh, that's a bad one. Jezebel, oh my God, Jezebel's going to kill me. 24 hours ago, you saw fire fall from the sky. Several months ago, you saw a boy resurrect from the dead. A couple years ago, you made rain stop. And he's forgetting. And he's in darkness. And all he's forgetting, he's forgetting every promise of God. Some of us are just like Elijah today. And we're sitting in the cave like, oh, God, God, I got this bill. How am I going to pay it? God, I'm running out of money. God, my husband is a mess. God, he hasn't cleaned the kitchen in three months. God, my wife is never going to make God, I'm going to be single forever. God, I'm never going to get healthy again. God, I still got this addiction. I still got this habit. And all we're thinking about is everything negative. There's a term for that. It's called ruminating. Ruminating is to chew on something, swallow it, bring it back up, chew on it again, swallow it, bring it back up. You know who does that? Animals do that. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time, said that ruminating is nothing but trouble for the soul. Look what one author said, Brian Tracy said, 95% of your emotions are determined by the way you talk to yourself. Life is always going to be like this. I'm always going to be single. <laughs> Why did I make that mistake? Why did I go to that place? Why did I do that? And all you're doing is that you've forgotten about everything God has spoken over your life and you're remembering everything negative. What have you forgotten? Number two, what are you remembering? Man, I can't believe this person cheated on me. That was in 1995. And I can't believe that church offended me. And I can't believe that pastor never texted me back. And I can't believe that leader tried me like that. And I can't believe I went to that connect group. They didn't have no wings. And I can't believe my old boss fired me. And I can't believe I went through this. And I can't believe I got sick. And I can't believe my husband left me. And I can't believe my children never called me. And all you're doing is that you're remembering everything negative. And at some point, you got to say, man, everybody else may walk out. But God promised that he'll never leave me nor forsake forsake me. God promised that he will provide for me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. I know that there's a God who's for me. I know that there's a God who's on my side. I'm leaving this cave. I'm not going to be here forever. There's a God who is a provider. There's a God who's a healer. And sometimes you got to remember God's faithfulness. If he got me out of that mess five years ago, he's going to get me out of the mess today. If he got me out of that last week, he's going to get me out of that today. Can I get an amen? Remember Remember God's faithfulness. Some of us shouldn't even be here today. Some of us should have been six feet under a while ago. But it was his mercy and his grace that have us here. Our own sin should have killed us. 
Our own mistakes should have kept us under, but God. Jeremiah, another incredible prophet, in Lamentations, he wrote a whole book on depression. <laughs> he was depressed, depressed. Lamentations chapter 3, look what he says. Lamentations chapter 3, he goes, remember my affliction. What is he remembering? Everything negative. Poor me. Oh, look at my afflictions, my wanderings, the wormwood and the gout. My soul continually remembers it. That's all he's doing, ruminating. Oh, I remember everything that happened. Remember when they towed my car? <laughs> and my soul is bowed down within me. But all of a sudden, he switches gears. He says, but this I call to my mind. And therefore, I have hope. Somebody say hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Come on, sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Sometimes you got to remember God's faithfulness. Come on, say he's faithful. He's faithful. He'll get me through this. This is not the end. I will not die today. Come on, you'll give me long life in the name of Jesus. Come on, you got to start preaching to yourself. Are you with me? Number one, remember God's faithfulness. Number two, you need to replace lies, lies with truth. Replace lies with truth. Elijah's sitting in a cave full of lies in his mind. He, told, he tells God, when God tells him, what are you doing here? He says, God, I'm the only one. Nobody else is serving you. Everybody else is forsaking you. I'm the only one. And God's like, liar. That's a lie. There's actually 7,000 more prophets that have not bowed their knee to bow. And they're actually worshiping and serving me faithfully. Who told you that lie? Today, what lie do you keep thinking about? Our soul is not right because what's in our soul is not true. Are you hearing me? Your soul keeps telling you you're a mistake. You'll never be healed. You'll never be right. Your marriage will never be fixed. And God's like, who told you that? I'm the God who can make all things possible. I'm the God who heals. I'm the God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. You need to replace the lies with truth. Until you get the right things in your soul, your will, your mind, your emotions, your soul will be able to get healthy. Today, what, what lies do you need to replace with truth? The Bible says this, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The weapons we fight are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That word stronghold is literally an old term for a prison or a fortress. Right? And so, so Paul is literally saying there can be a stronghold in your mind. You are in a prison. And so it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every captive and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul says, what are you thinking about? I don't know, preacher one time called it stinking thinking, right? What are the thoughts that are coming to your mind, right? Every single time a lie comes to your mind, you got to say, that's a lie and replace it with the truth. Are you hearing me? The mind, this is scientifically proven, the mind has a way to biologically make pathways in your brain. 
So if you grew up and all you thought was negative, after a while you have negative pathways in your mind. So you wake up and it doesn't matter how beautiful you may look in the mirror, all you're seeing and all you're thinking is, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not worthy enough. Because there's now a pathway in your brain that was created that leads you to negative thinking. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be, you know, what my mom said I was going to be. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to have enough. What, what negative pathways are in your mind today that you need to say, wait a minute, that's leaving me in a trap, that's leaving me in a cave? In Jesus' name, I'm demolishing those strongholds and I'm replacing them with truth. He says that I'm good enough. He says I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. He says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all he can ask, think, or imagine. I'm replacing the lies with truth. Can I get an amen? Today, what truth? Get a journal. Write it down. Come on, let's put it to practice. Grab a journal and every single day. Grab a promise of God over your life. Grab a truth of God over your life. And maybe you don't feel like you're good enough. God says that you're good enough. Maybe today you're thinking you're still your mistake. God says there's grace and mercy for you. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What lies do you need to replace with truth? Elijah's in a cave, in a trap. The great man of God, Elijah, is in a cave. Because he's forgotten God's faithfulness and all he's thinking about is the lies of the enemy. Today, remember God's faithfulness. Replace lies with truth. And we'll finish with this. Reconnect. Reconnect with what? Reconnect with people and reconnect with purpose. You want to be in a cave? Disconnect. You want to be in a trap? Disconnect. Disconnect from people and disconnect from your purpose you'll end up in a cave quicker than you can imagine. Elijah left his friend behind and he went off in the wilderness by himself. Today, many of us are walking in the wilderness of life alone. And we end up in a cave. Well, nobody will, nobody's going to understand what I'm going through. Nobody's going to understand the problems in my marriage. What's a counselor going to tell me? What's a therapist going to tell me? We don't want to talk to nobody and we've become disconnected. And listen to me, this past year, more people have gotten disconnected than ever before. Disconnected from society, disconnected from friends, disconnected from family, disconnected. We all like Zoom for three months. After that, nobody else wanted another Zoom call, right? Disconnected. And I get it. It's called screen fatigue. And a lot of us even got tired of that. And so it led us to be disconnected. We're living in the most connected age ever, yet we got the most disconnected people of all time. People feel lonely. People feel by themselves. To be connected, you have to be intentional. I got to sit down and talk to somebody. I got to have somebody in my life. Even if I don't feel it, I'm going to do it. I got to talk to somebody. Are you hearing me? We need each other. Huge part of mental health, soul health, is connection with other people. It's massive, massive. Read on it. Every book, every study, every article, you need somebody in your life. In fact, if you look at scripture, God always says that we need somebody in life. In fact, the first problem in the Bible was not sin. The first problem was solitude. The first problem wasn't when Adam and Eve sinned and ate from the fruit. No, the first problem is that God sought Adam by himself and he said it's not good for man to be alone. Today, are you alone? We need each other. You're in a trap. You're in a cave. You need somebody. 
Elijah left his servant behind. Look what the Bible says, Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We're all part of a body. Can I get an amen? We are all parts of it. And it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other and each needs all the others. Come on, those are, those are powerful words. We all need one another. Come on, why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them, I need you. Some of you are like, I don't need my neighbor. No, I'm not telling them that. Come on, look at the person next to you and tell them, I need you. I need you. We need each other. We need each other. Listen, church, this is why we talk about it every May. Listen, it's a global mental health pandemic. We need each other. And if you can't even say, I need help, come on, we should be asking somebody, how can I help you? You doing okay? We need each other. The church cannot be silent. The church cannot be selfish. The church needs to be on the front line as the lighthouse of the world. Come on, we have the light of Jesus. We need each other. Can't stress that enough. In three weeks, get in a group. You need to be connected to people. Elijah was by himself. If his servant would have been there, his servant's like, what are you thinking? Stop it with that stinking thinking. But he disconnected from his servant, disconnected from friends. And then he thought his purpose was over. So many people today, they end up in discouragement, loneliness, fear, anxiety, stress, because they think their life has no purpose. They've disconnected from God's purpose for their life. Today, have you disconnected from everything God wants to do in your life. I want to tell you today, as long as you have oxygen in your lungs, you have purpose in your life. God created you. God designed you for a purpose. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were in your mother's womb, he had a plan for you. Before you ever took your first breath, <gasps> He already knew what he had you here on earth for. You have a purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Today, have you been baited and lured into a trap and into a cave? Today, rediscover God's purpose for your life. God, what's my purpose? Growth Track is starting in June. Getting Growth Track is four easy steps. And, and there we help you start finding out what are the passions that God has put in your heart and, and connect you to whatever it is. Hey, I like helping out with people. That's why we call it a dream team. We want to connect you to whatever dream God has put in your heart. We want you to be a part of all that God has for you. Come on, I believe there's healing for people today. I'm leaving this cave. Not staying here forever. I want us to stand up. We're going to pray for healing today. We're leaving in just a few moments, but I believe there's healing for us today. And I believe so many people around the world are living in caves trapped, baited by the enemy. And today God wants to bring healing and health to our souls. Come on, why don't we close our eyes and we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to do a work here. We're leaving in just a few moments, but there's people in here today that you've been in a cave. You've been in a cave of discouragement. You've been in a trap of loneliness. You've been in a cave of offense. You've been in a trap of fear. And you're saying, I'm never getting out of this. and My life is never getting better. You've forgotten God's promises. You're remembering nothing but negative, toxic thinking. 
Your mind is full of lies, not full of God's truth. You're in isolation. You're by yourself. Nobody knows what you're going through. You don't have nobody that you can really trust and talk to. You've forgotten God's purpose for your life. God told Elijah, I'm not done with you yet. In fact, I want you to get out of this cave and go anoint Elisha, the next one. God reconnected him with people and reconnected him with purpose. Some of you today, you need to hear the voice of the Lord saying, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. He's reconnecting you to people and he's reconnecting you to purpose in Jesus' name. Come on with eyes closed, head bowed, nobody looking around. In a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here and across every single connection that we have online. Come on, I'm believing for healing in Jesus' name. I'm believing that today, 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 so many of us are coming out of the cave today in Jesus' name. You're coming out of that darkness. You're coming out of the discouragement. You're coming out of that unhealthy place. You're coming out of that toxic place in the name of Jesus. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You're coming out of that cave today in Jesus' name. Every single lie that the enemy's placed in our mind, every single lie that the enemy's placed in our heart, in our will, in our emotions, in Jesus' name, you're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. You're not meant to be there forever. Some of us need to hear the whisper of God say, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? If that's you, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if today you're saying, I need healing for my soul, mind, will, emotions, I've been in a dark place, I got trapped, been in a cave, but today you say, I'm coming out in Jesus' name. If you need healing, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Hands raised up all over this auditorium. Come on, there's healing. You raise your hand. If you want to raise both of them, come on, I believe there's healing. In Jesus' name today. Not one more day in the cave. Are you hearing me? Not one more day in the cave. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I went after the bait. I got lured. I got trapped. But I'm not staying here forever. I'm leaving this cave. I'm leaving this cave. And if I were to find myself there again in the future, I'm not staying there again. I'm leaving this cave. Come on, raise your hands all over this place. If you're saying today, today I need healing. Today I need, I need to get out today in Jesus' name. If that's you, you raise your hand. I'm going to ask pastors to walk around the auditorium and lay a hand on people's shoulders who have their hands raised and pray over them. Come on, raise up both of your hands. If that's you, today there's healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, he's a way maker. He's a way maker. Hallelujah. Come on, even when we don't see it, he's working. Come on, even when we don't feel it, he's working. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for healing all over this place. God, we thank you that you're able to bring us out. No matter how big the trap was, no matter how dark the cave has been, today we're coming out. We're coming out in Jesus' name. We're coming out in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, I pray for healing today. For every heart, for every mind, for every soul. All of our will, our, our, our will, our emotions, our mind, in Jesus' name, we pray healing. Come on, lift up your hands if that's you. We pray healing in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would heal minds today. 
God, all that negative thinking, toxic thinking, in Jesus' name, God, that we replace those lies with truth today. God, that your word will remind us of everything and every promise that you've spoken over our lives in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want the church praying in Jesus' mighty name, God. God, that we'll remember your faithfulness. Some of us today that will remember the miracles that you've done in our life 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when we wanted to give up and throw in the towel. You were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. You never change, you always remain the same. He's for you, he's for you, he's with you, he's never left you, he's never abandoned you. He's right by your side. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to remember your faithfulness. This I call to my mind, and remembering I have hope that your compassions and your mercies are made new each and every single morning. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that we'll remember your faithfulness. God, that we'll replace every single lie with the truth of your word. And today I pray for divine connection, God. I pray for divine connection with your people. I pray for divine connection with purpose. Those who thought that their life was over, that they had no more purpose, no more reason to serve, no more reason to be involved, no more reason to help somebody out. In Jesus' name, God, I'm praying for divine reconnection on all that you have for them. Pray for healing today in Jesus' name. I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm leaving this cave. I'm leaving this cave. Come on, somebody needs to declare that over their life. I'm, I'm leaving this cave. I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm getting some help in my life. Talking to somebody. I'm getting in a small group. I'm talking to a therapist. I'm, I'm doing everything I'm, I have to do, but I'm not staying here. I'm leaving this cave. Every single spirit of fear, every confused spirit, every lying spirit in Jesus' name, we rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke you. We have freedom in the name of Jesus. And we believe your word and we walk in your word and we walk in your truth. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Anybody thankful for a good God? He's an awesome God. Come on, there's healing for our soul today. I know we went over time, and I apologize. We're usually already done by this time, but I would hate to leave service without one last thing. But every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, if you feel distant and far from God, and you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God. If you're saying, I feel lost, I feel like sin has trapped me, and today you want to start a brand new relationship with God. You know you need forgiveness for your life. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all sinned. Nobody here is perfect. The Bible says sin separates us from God, but Jesus reunites us with God. Today, if you say, I, I want a relationship with God the Father. Jesus died for your sins. He carried the, the weight of sin on his shoulders. For my sin, your sin. Went down to a grave after he died. He was dead for three days, but after three days, Jesus resurrected. He's alive so that you and I could have new life. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm going to count to three one more time. If that's you, if you're saying, today I need salvation. Today I need forgiveness for my sins. Today I want a relationship with God. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. This time I just want you to hold it up for maybe a second or two. I'll see you. I'll see who I'm praying for. Then you can put it right back down. Come on, in a moment of prayer and in a moment of privacy, eyes closed, head bowed. If you're at home, you can raise your hand. He sees you there. If that's you, you're saying, today I need a relationship with God at the count of three, raise your hand. One, 
two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Amazing, 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 amazing. God bless you. 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 Awesome. 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 Thank you, God, for all these hands. Thank you for every person making a decision physically and online. Those of you who raise your hands, I want you to say this prayer with me. Come on, say it with all you got. In fact, as a family, we're all going to say it together with you. The Bible says we'll be saved if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's what we're doing in this moment. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, everybody, thank God. He's a good, good God. He's an awesome God. Hey, we love you. Hands went up all over this place. Go outside and pick up a Bible. It's a free Bible from us to you. The rest of you, happy Mother's Day. And I'm praying that you would have the best week ever. Come on, this week, as you start the week, say, I'm not in the cave any longer. And if you got to say it every morning, every afternoon, every night, if you got to talk to somebody, get in a group, get a therapist, get somebody. Come on, we're going to get well in our soul. Can I get an amen? Come on, why don't you hug somebody next to you, high five them. We love you. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Let's leave out of here celebrating. Why don't we sing uh, Waymaker one more time? <laughs> We're going to sing Waymaker as we worship on our way out. We love you. Have an incredible Sunday. Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you. Go before us this week. Bring hell to our mind, our will, and our emotions. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's lift up our hands. He is the Waymaker. Hallelujah.